Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 90 of the Cloudcast. Uh, today, we're coming to you live from the CloudStack Collaboration Conference here in Santa Clara, California. This is Aaron, and it's just me today. Uh, one bit of feedback we hear over and over from our listeners, uh, they'd really like to hear more from actual customers and, and actual users, and what are some of the use cases going on in cloud computing today? So today we have uh, Kirk Janster here to talk a bit about his environment and cloud computing and, and what he's seeing and, and how they develop their, their cloud computing system. So Kirk, uh, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing all right. How about you? Good, 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 good. You work for a very large website. Yes. Um, we won't say who, um, <laughs> but uh, trust me, everyone has heard of them. Uh, but you're you're based out of Atlanta, correct? Yes. So down in Atlanta, Georgia, and so tell me a little bit first of all about um, kind of how you got started in cloud computing because that's a pretty common question we get a lot these days. Of you know, a lot of people kind of maybe grew up in operations or on the sysadmin side, and and we were talking before we hit record here, and you've got a pretty interesting story of you know doing operations in a colo. Yeah, um, I've always. For the last 10 years, I've been in IT, and I've always been in operations and needed to deploy servers in a manual fashion. Um, somebody still always needs to go to the data center, but um, after becoming a team lead a couple of years ago, um, I've learned a lot more of the responsibility of having to manage all of it, and it's getting a lot harder to manage both aspects of acquiring the hardware and as well as delivering it to the customer which are my internal tech teams. And I just need something a lot more dynamic, and the cloud is getting there to be able to provide me that layer of abstraction to my customers where I can have... I can still rack servers in the data center, but it doesn't limit um, what I give to my customers. I can provision, just like Amazon, I can provision an M1, a small, an X-large, you know, any sort of configuration, you can really just break it up. It all comes down to cores, memory, and IOPS. Oh, nice, nice. Now let's, so so what I'd like to do is really kind of explore the the, the history, if you will, of how we kind of got here. Um, so, so you worked for a, a large website, and, you know, I guess it's kind of safe to say you, you guys were kind of doing things the old way yep. um, for, for a long time. And, but... What were some of the big needs or use cases, and what was kind of driving you to the the, the hack day and the the kind yeah. of turning point that we'll get to here in a second? But you know, what was that? What was the big thing driving? Um, we're getting a lot more into the uh, software as an arch- uh, software as a service mm-hmm. uh, architecture, and for each team, they need to manage their own silo of everything, and so it's breaking away from the normal mold of this is our entire back-end data center. This is our entire front-end data center. Everybody sort of, they might have things out on Engineer. They might have things out on Heroku. They might have things on this, that, EC2. Um, they could have calls to APIs throughout. And we need to be a lot more dynamic in that regard that, you know, if they come for this particular set of compute infrastructure from us, that we need to be able to spin it up fast. They can't. In the, in the lean cycle, I can't wait three weeks for hardware when their project cycle is three weeks. I need to be able to provision it instantly, give it to them so they can start their project and move forward and either 
fail fast or succeed and move forward from there. Sure, sure. And and so fail fast is something really interesting to me because that's something we've actually been talking more and more on the show about. And Gene Kim yeah. was the was the keynote speaker um, yesterday at the Cloudstock conference, and we've had Gene on the podcast before and, and had a bunch of conversations with Gene, and, and that's certainly one of his big philosophies yep. and kind of the DevOps mentality and, and all of the ways and amplifying all the loops. And, and I think fail fast is probably a key, and, and also that, you, you know, that feedback loop, yep. right, of you weren't necessarily providing everything back fast enough, right. so you needed to go faster, right. or they were going somewhere else. Because I can't, <laughs> I can't give a, a team a, a block of hardware, you know, of eight cores, twelve gigs of RAM, and SSDs, and then or uh, spindles, and then they're like, oh, it's not fast enough. We need SSDs, or it, that's not enough RAM. Right. Like the the model behind that for even like I can go upgrade the server but then it is it supported on the warranty sure if I didn't buy it from the hardware vendor or from the you know if I if I bought third party or whatever just to get it in rapidly yep um, the, there's only so much I can do in that regard um, whereas if I have a service offering in a cloud infrastructure and I can just say oh you need four cores boom done right. turn turn off the VMs move it over to a service offering done. You know, right. everything's the hardware's upgraded yeah um, and then I just if I need more padded infrastructure just order a couple more servers sure. you know, it's just and and something I really found kind of fascinating because I'm always you know there's always these well okay in Silicon Valley things yep. are done a certain way and yep. you have a certain architecture and and you're using all of these you know Hadoop and Cassandra and yep. you know a lot of these other things and it was actually kind of cool that you mentioned well you know my quote unquote users yeah um, they're demanding things like that, and you're not in Silicon Valley, right? Exactly. <laughs> We're on the East you know, so so it's nice to see some of those kind of more Silicon Valley niche technologies yeah. at times, yeah. Um, really start to see to make it out to mainstream now. Still, you know, well, again, being Atlanta a web is, shop, Atlanta is becoming the next Hollywood. There you go. Exactly <laughs> right. And and but so so was it really? customer demands and yes. again air quote customer demands that really made you go and propose the the cloud to the organization oh, yeah. because like I said I just can't deliver fast enough in a in a hardware model um, I can't order servers fast enough mm-hmm. um, and I can only have so much on hand to to be able to deliver those so I can say okay I've got these particular set of servers will that fit your need no it won't okay then you're going to have to wait this period of time so you're going to have to reorganize your project timeline to fit that model, and if if that gets delayed, you're going to re, you know delayed even more. So, what what are some of the so so the way I look at it is, cloud is very much a products meets a change in culture and a change in operational habits. Right, and it's very much you know everyone keeps talking about a lot of times the technology is probably the easy part. Right, so. And the virtualization has been there for years. It's just giving that abstraction layer right. to all of it. So tell me, yeah, layer. what kind of challenges did you see from a cultural standpoint, operation standpoint, internal politics, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all the usual kind of barriers that aren't technology? So for us, we're heavily uh, PCI-focused. We do a lot, audit, lot of auditing. We okay. have egress firewall rules. Um, you know, there's a lot of security around it because we – we take credit card transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't store anything, but 
we don't we have to because we process tra transactions we have to be PCI compliant we have to say that everything that we manage under our web property is PCI compliant um, that doesn't negate that developer A or B or C or you know the the 200 developer that came on last week knows all those security policies and when you get will goes to starts coding something in engine yard doesn't know that the security policy is not to do this mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot of the more we can keep in-house the more we don't have to worry about that um, and that's always going to be a question um, you know, similar to EC2 I do know that they are, they are compliant with a lot of them but as far as particular data models you know the oh if you don't encrypt this you know the you know how do we know it's not under our control? How do we know that data is not being looked at? Sure, sure. So, so you have a really interesting story about how your organization got started with cloud computing, and it and it all started around an internal hack day. Yes. So, so tell me a little bit about this hack day because this is this is pretty cool. I you know I wish a lot more companies would do something yeah, so like this. So, like you said, um, you, the the whole Silicon Valley is coming. We're, we're trying to be on that model. We've been a lean development shop for a long time. Um, okay. We've practiced that. Um, we deploy code twice a day. Okay. Um, the, the, the development environment is when you push up your code, it gets tested as long as there's t tests around it sure. or if you write your tests properly. Um, it gets tested every hour, and then if, if, it gets, if it's good, it gets snapshotted, and it goes straight into the production cycle on the next one. Oh, wow, nice. Um, so anybody who needs a new product feature uh, this icon over here or whatever can either be done that day or the next day um, as long as everything's flowing correctly. Um, the company um, in, in doing that, in being that whole lean, um, they, they've seen that other companies like Facebook and Google are doing some similar things where they provide a um, sounding board for people that aren't team leads or C levels or VPs or anything like that to come and speak and say, this is my idea and this is why I think it would be groundbreaking for us to do this or this is why it would change this. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we need to do this or focus on this. Um, and I presented last year and I didn't win uh, for doing the same same idea, but I'm also thankful I didn't win because when I, I, I in the, like I said, I, in those two years, I haven't had time to really focus on the cloud. Um, and now that I've had this time this year to really focus on it and where the cloud is at, what levels each of the the both OpenStack, CloudStack, um, all the all the vendors that are you know who's doing what, um, what other companies like Rackspace are putting wrappers around things, Dell with Crowbar and a couple yep. others, um, Piston Cloud, everybody's you know trying to get into this market, and I, I didn't know who was where, uh, but now when I look back, I'm glad I didn't win last year because. I don't think the cloud is ready for us. Sure. If I if I had one, we might have fallen. We might have failed fast. Yes. And it would have been a good learning experience. But you know, we now we know that we've I've, since I won, I've actually had time to solely focus on right. making so, sure the so cloud the, works. So the hack day was like a, like an internal competition. Yes. And and what was the prize for winning? A lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. Um, at present, it's ten thousand dollars. Right. And you get time to work on your yes, project. Yes, you get you, you're taken out of your current role for six weeks, and you get sole that is your sole focus. So if you are, if you're an engineer, um, or if you're a team lead or a manager, 
um, you're, that you're taken out of your role to, to focus solely on that for those six weeks. Okay. Um, and who judges this competition? C-levels, um, gotcha. uh, VPs, a lot of the uh, okay. influencer, influencers in the company. Right. Um, so it's an internal hack day, mm-hmm. and if you win, and it's really chosen fun. by the, the leadership of the company, you get effectively six weeks to go see if you can make the company better. Correct. Very nice. Yes. Um, and, wh- and so what was your proposal when you won? It wasn't necessarily around a product. Right. Correct. It was that we needed a dynamic infrastructure to deploy, to, to be able to better, um, I forget the exact terminology, but it was something around we needed to be more agile in the delivery of assets to our customers, Okay, which is my, the customers are the internal tech teams. Sure. They, when they need these assets of compute, storage, cores, memory, IOPS, um, I can't rely on a physical box anymore i need to be able to just deliver them and deliver them fast right and if they don't need them they can kill them and we can move on it's not a siloed infrastructure that's out there collecting dust now now would you credit the fact that you were a lean shop already in helping that along because you kind of almost you know you almost had that dev right in devops already in place and you were almost snapping ops into complete DevOps. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I had to, because they, we, we've been lean for a while and we're getting into this whole DevOps thing and we're getting into the siloed software as a service architecture, I, I, can't, I couldn't keep up with right. physical assets anymore. I yeah. had to do something. Um, and if we didn't, we would just continue to sound like I would continue to be the barrier of being able to deliver things. and. Right. So it was your way of getting the hell out of the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I had to. And it, it, for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to have a, like, I'm not scripting myself out of a job. Right. Term, and know, that's, a, that's a great point because yeah. that's, that's Somebody's actually. Somebody's still going to rack the service. Yeah. Somebody's still going to manage the infrastructure. Somebody's still going to manage the cloud layer. Somebody's right. still going to manage all of that stuff and everything around it. There's still umpteen things to learn about the cloud and how it operates and how it is. And, and that, that's a great point because. You know, I, I come from an operations background. Right. And I feel like a lot of people in operations are anti-DevOps because yeah. it they, they almost feel like it empowers the developers too much. Right. And it's a us versus them power struggle kind of thing. Right. And I don't necessarily see it that way. I just see it as being more efficient and going faster. Yeah. And that just makes sense. Right. <laughs> and, well, and, and you get to focus on the things that you really want to focus on. Exactly. And that are, like, the way I look at it is, you know, it's that, that person that's holding the cookie pot. Yes. You know, it's like, this is this is mine, this is mine, these are my toys, you can't play with them, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, you need to be able to manage what you have a lot better. Um, yeah. you, if you can get really good at deploying servers fast, both from the cloud layer and from the instance layer, I mean, it, there's no question that you're going to continue to get patted on the back about the, how you, you're delivering your assets to your customers. Sure, I mean. sure. And so for, for you, it was a win-win-win in the fact that, yeah, you put a little money in your pocket, yep. but you were able to make your job easier, yep. and you were able to make your business go faster. Correct. So, um, so, so tell me a little bit about, because we, we had talked about before we hit record, it's un- unless you win something like this, like getting into cloud computing, if you're in operations, is almost difficult at times because you got a day job to do. Correct. <laughs> and, uh, like right. How, how do you have time to necessarily keep up with the everything and what's going on? And 
Like, would this have been possible? No. Without the hack die? No, it would not have. Because I've, I've tried. I've been to the OpenStack Summit. I've, I have a book regarding OpenStack and how to deploy it. And I've read blogs and I've read, followed a bunch of people on Twitter and, you know, I've just been following the community as a whole on, on how it is, but actually getting time to physically install it. And going back to the hack day, the six weeks is long over. It's been over for six weeks, sure. eight weeks now. Yep. I'm, I'm into the stage of I'm, I need to deploy it at right. this time, but I know about it, and I know I, that's not my hiccup anymore is actually getting the infrastructure in place to physically deploy it. Sure. That's, that's, I don't want, I don't want to say that's a holdup. I'm just having to really feel out, you know, now that I know what the limitations are, what the, the caveats are, what the, the, the benefits are of doing this, and what our needs are, I can really hope phone focus on and hone in on what I need from a vendor delivery sure. and saying, oh, okay. And, and this being, you know, the CloudStack conference, I'm yeah. going to assume you pick CloudStack. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so so tell me a little bit about, you know, I don't want to make it a CloudStack versus the competition question, but I do, do want to understand, like, what were some of the criteria you used to evaluate is this a good product or not? And, and what are some of the use cases you necessarily compared against? Well, that's a great point because a, a lot of the hardware and software that we have in our environment is a lot of off-the-shelf stuff, mm-hmm. but we use it to the nth degree. Okay, uh, A lot of vendors will come in and be like, okay, we can do a million IOPS, but we can't do a million of those IOPS. <laughs> the, you know, it's like, sure. The, we, we, will, we, we find bugs in a lot of our vendors' products because we just push them. We do all things completely differently. Even though we just you know, we use a load balancer, but we use it this way. Mm-hmm. And we do this. And it's, just, it's crazy the way we do things, even with off-the-shelf products. I mean, we, we have all, unlimited support cases open with vendors about different things. You know, it's just, um, and... There, it's it's not about pinning CloudStack versus OpenStack versus VM wherever like whatever works for you works for you. When I looked for a cloud solution, I needed something that was easy to deploy, easy to manage, just easy everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I liked CloudStack better. OpenStack is a great product. There's a lot of people in it. There's a lot of there's I mean, it's great. But it wasn't great for us. Right. I I liked CloudStack. I liked everything. About yeah, it. and and you know. I'm probably guilty of it as well, too. You know, a lot of the quote-unquote people in the industry who we, we run around to all the shows and we talk to all the people and we go to all the sessions, sometimes we just get too caught up in check boxes mm-hmm. and technical features when at the end of the day, it's honestly what is the lowest barrier to entry right? and what is the... You know, sometimes it's a Walmart world of it's good enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, and and I, I find it very interesting that that was probably could. Would you say that that was one of your highest criteria of you like you you kind of had the clock was ticking, right? And yeah. when the clock was up, this project I wouldn't say had to be done, but you certainly had to show some level of. I had to have by the end of the six weeks. I had to have production instances on the cloud. Okay. So I, I did have a, a hard deadline of it worked for us. There was something in place. I couldn't just be like, oh, I need to, I need time to look at a cloud solution. Right. I needed to have production instances. So I really had right. – and there, I've talked to people in the community that are like they're still testing OpenStack and CloudStack, but it's like year to two-year venture of right. – and they've gone through um, – OpenStack, they've gone through um, 
whatever the E version was, and then Folsom, Essex, Essex Folsom. and then Folsom, yep. and then um, whatever G is now, Grizzly, Grizzly, yeah, yep. um, and they, they've gone through multiple versions, and they know it from front to back. I didn't have that time. I don't. I had two weeks really that I just I broke up my six week time frame into okay. I, I have a couple weeks to do this, I have a couple weeks to do this, and I have a couple weeks to do this, and I've got a couple days padded on each side. Thing. Yep. But if yep. any of them ran over, I could, you know. Um, and I knew about OpenStack because I've been to the OpenStack Summit, and so I knew there was, you know, I had talked to a bunch of people. I had talked to a couple of the architects, the cloud architects mm-hmm. within eBay and a couple within Wiki. Okay. Um, and so I've, I've met some people, and I've, I'm, you know, I, so I knew about things, but I just didn't really get time to what works for us. What, right. what From an operations standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, because right. um, I needed to be able to manage it, both you know, getting the hardware in there, what was good for it, and then being able to divvy it back out to the customers or even at some point doing letting them do self-service. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, what would you say is like the next big thing? Like, okay, now that you didn't necessarily fail fast, mm-hmm. you, you, it seems like it is at least, you know, the, the hack day and the project and the idea seems very successful so far. Yeah. So, so what's next and what's the next round of things the developers are asking for, the business is asking for? You know, where do you think you're going to go from here? That isn't really – I haven't crossed that bridge yet because um, okay. I still need to get the cloud out there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I am finding is that the vendors aren't cloud ready yet. Ah, so tell me a little bit about that. So that, that's what I'm finding is that in that automation, vendors are still – a lot of them don't have APIs, or if they do, they're very immature. They're very they have very minimal features of just a couple of set of things and get things. You know, just um, some very they have it, but they, it's not you know full featured yet. And whereas CloudStack is the complete opposite. Everything is done in the API. Right. The UI is more of just like a show tool. And there's a lot of features that are released into the API that aren't released in the UI yet. They might make it into the next version, but. Everything is based around the API, and if you want automation, you need to have something where you can run commands and script things out. Yes. Um, when I have three people on my team, we can't be doing a lot of pointing and clicking. Um, if I need to deploy a hundred instances, I can't go click 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 a hundred times. Select all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's um, well, it's it's crazy. Um, and people the 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 developer who wrote cloud monkey um mm-hmm. i mean there there's the api which you can totally interact with but then when you get cloud monkey and just completely script your whole thing of building whole new zones at, or even deploying hundreds of vms at a time yeah um there needs to be automation and there's a lot of hardware vendors that aren't there yet there's a couple that are really breaking the barrier but there there needs to be a lot more acceptance of the cloud and um a lot more automation uh, capabilities. Yeah, and and I I would say too, just based off of you know past shows we've had, ama- we get amazing traction on anything DevOps related yep. or anything API related. Yep. Um, and there just seems to be a lot of interest in APIs and APIs really being that key yep. to going faster. Yeah. Uh, and. And it is almost to the point where I don't even remember. Somebody said it on Twitter one time, and it was they were at one of the big hardware shows, and it was, you know, if if your if your hardware or your no, if your products don't have an API, you failed. Yeah, that you just you're not serious about right. cloud in, in in general, and right. and not just that, but even you, the nuances of the APIs of keeping the API stable. Yeah, um, 
and and how easy they are to interact with. And so that that's actually a very you can have an point. API, but if it doesn't work, you know, it's useless. It's, it's <laughs> might, might as well not have one. I agree. I and agree. it's not just a particular facet like the whole industry needs to do it to have software-defined storage, software-defined networking, software-defined compute. Yes. You know, there needs to be a lot more automation around things from the vendors. Um, but they also need to be sort of abstract. Um, there needs to be a common thing where I know that um, if you're going to offer this feature, it needs to sort of be that I can do that same feature across another storage vendor. I don't need to rewrite my whole API around another vendor to be able to say, okay, right. I, I need more. I want to do QoS on this, you know, or I want to do VLAN tagging, or I want to do uh, IOP limiting, or whatever. Right. You know, yes. I can do it via the same API language and expect the same returns and stuff like that. Yes, and that's that's probably one of the biggest limitations I've seen right now. Is yeah, everything has an a- API, but nothing standard. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Um, so, so we're about out of time for this week. So Kirk, I, I know you're on Twitter based yep. off of the roller coaster rides last night. Yes. <laughs> so so the the joke is so we're out here at the, the Cloud Stack Conference, um we're across the street from uh in Santa Clara from um Great America's the uh amusement park and they actually had roller coaster rides. I um, my back is out, so there was no way I was I was going to attempt roller coasters last night. But but Kirk was I think think you sent pictures mid roller coaster or something. Uh, we were on the little daisy swing and uh, the bumper cars and a couple others. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was definitely um, I I want to say this is probably the funnest conference I've been to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to not several, but I've been to a few, and this sure. was probably one of the funner conferences. Of just everybody's cool. Yeah, um, you know it's a very very tight knit community. It's um, less than you know, I think 500 people registered and showed up, yes. um, which is awesome for a collaboration conference. You don't want um, – I, I looked at other cloud um, conferences for this year because my company, we get to go to a conference if we need, if we really want to we yep. make our case for it. Uh, but when I saw that there was the Cloudstack collaboration conference, I was like, you can't get any better than this. Like, uh, this is going to be my sole focus for the next three or four days. Um, and I actually, from Shape Blue, attended their training um, on Saturday and Sunday. So I got sure. to even – hone in on a few things that I didn't already know and really hammer some things home. Um, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So, Kirk, if anybody has any questions, where, where can they follow you on Twitter? On Twitter, it's at Kirk Chancer. Okay. All right. So, if you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at TheCloudCastNet or on the web at TheCloudCast.net where you can find links to everything CloudCast. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you. And thanks for listening. Thank you.